Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I get it. Mac might be the Patriots' best option, but after sitting him the way that they did against the Colts, it's time to move on. It's time to move in a different direction. I've been one of Mac's I've been one of I've been one of the guys pounding my chest saying Mac needs more around him, he needs help. But after that game on Sunday, I've seen enough to jump off the bandwagon. I don't think it's just for this season. I don't think Mac Jones is the guy for this football team. And I'm excited to see what the Patriots can do, hopefully in the draft or through free agency. But the future in New England is not Mac Jones. All right. Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. We are grateful to have you with us. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. He's the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Uh, Jordy, how are you, you feeling about your Patriots coming out of the Germany game? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling totally great, Ryan. <laughs> you know, I'm watching old Tom Brady reruns like 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 a single woman watching Lifetime movies right now. You know, <laughs> just kind of reminiscing on the good old days when the Patriots were actually a winning team. But I guess I guess other than that, I'm OK. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, hell of a product the NFL put on there in Germany on Sunday. That was that was some good football. That's <laughs> good stuff. Uh, they were having fun, though, Jordy. I mean, uh, they, they had plenty of beer. They, they seemed like they were having a good time. But holy crap, that was that was quite uh, that was quite a display of football. The Germans got there on Sunday. Well, you know what? I I, I could have used a few beers that, that yes. day as well. But obviously, I had to cover the football game. But no matter how bad it got, they looked like they were having the time of their lives, you know, singing songs and just just excited to see football. I wish I felt the same way. But obviously, we had to watch. The Patriots embarrassed themselves for a second straight week. Yes, we did, uh, but we're we're getting used to that here at this point. Uh, two and eight, two and eight, uh, and we'll we'll get into more of where the Patriots are at and where they're going to be heading for heading forward and all that. Uh, but first, uh, you know, the, kind of the jumping off point this week, uh, Jordy. As we head into the bye, we're not really going to know what Belichick's going to do at quarterback here, but. For me, we were texting during the game, actually in real time as it was happening. Uh, the question here is like, is this finally the end of the Mac Jones experience? Uh, and for me, I just, I'm out of defenses for him. I, I've, over the last couple of years, I've defended Mac, I've defended him, right? I've, I've told him, you know, hey, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing rouletted offensive coordinator, right? You have to give him, it's hard to have a different offensive coordinator every single year. You got to give him that or the offensive line, right? The offensive line's been an issue. Their pass blocking has been horrid. It might have been their worst day in Germany against the Colts. They were really, really bad. Really, really bad blocking. Uh, the sacks, you can't really put on Mac. So uh, he just had, didn't have a chance there on some of those plays. So yes, that's fair. And the skill guys, right? Not being good enough. Not separating enough. All that. Yes, that's all fair. But where I'm at, Jordy, is that we've known all that, right? We've known all that for months. That's been the situation. It was the situation against the Colts in Germany. It was the situation a month ago. Right? It was the same. It was the situation against Buffalo when the Patriots looked great and Mac Jones looked great, right? The issues around Mac are, are not a secret. And I just think at some point, if you are the franchise quarterback, if you're the guy, 
you figure out what you can do well with what's around you. You take the coaching, you make the most of it. You figure it out, right? Matt can't figure it out. He can't figure it out. He doesn't have it. I think he's cooked. I don't know, Jordy, if it's the yips or he's staring down the rush or he's terrified or he's terrified of making more humiliating mistakes, right? Because sometimes it looks like he's playing that way, but he's not making what has been a bad situation on offense better. It's actually probably more the opposite. We're at the point where the coaches are just asking him to kind of just manage the game. Don't put the football in harm's way. Just manage the game, Mac, and we'll figure it out. And he can't even do that. He's consistently putting the ball in harm's way. It felt like that's all he did against the Colts in Germany, right? And at some point, you just have to be done. And I think it's got to be over for Mac Jones. I know there's not a great option behind him, which you've covered. You know, you've you've given us that take plenty of times on the show. But at some point, it's got to be over. I think it's definitely over in 2024. So what are we waiting for? Uh, Give Zappi a chance. Will Greer. I don't care. I think Mac clearly needs to sit down. He needs a he needs to kind of reset, figure out his mechanics, figure it all out. He's having a tough time this year, Jordy. He's not making a bad situation any better. And it's I'm done with the Mac experience. I've had enough with the whole thing. The whole thing. I'm just I'm completely cooked with it. I'm I'm completely cooked. And and that's my opening rant. What's yours? <laughs> well, I'm cooked as well, Ron. You know, I could come on here and just I mean, Mac Jones was so bad on Sunday. He he gave me more material than a Martin Lawrence stand-up special here to make fun of him, especially with that underhand pitch. Like, what in the hell was he doing? That's that's probably one of the worst plays that I've seen this season. Yeah, run, you know, tell, Shaq run tell that. Yeah, exactly. There <laughs> you go. Yeah, run tell that. You know, Shaq to the fool was a thing. Mac Jones would be on it with that play right there. Just terrible. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make fun of Mac Jones today. You know, I'll be honest with you, Ron. I felt sorry for Mac Jones especially when he was sitting there on the bench and just kind of kind of he had that blank stare. He looked like he wanted to cry. And I felt completely sorry for the guy. And you know, to me just he looks like a guy that's trying his best out there and he really is. I just I feel like Mac Jones is a broken quarterback. He's a broken player. He's not the same player he was when he came in during his rookie season and he was lighting things up and he was doing pretty good. But that's not the same player we're seeing right now. And you can see him in the pocket. You know, that pass, that pass in the underthrows Mike Gesicki on, Mike Gesicki, it's a walk-in touchdown. Easy pass right there, corner of the end zone for Mac Jones. The only thing he can't do on that pass is underthrow Mike Gesicki, and that's exactly what he did. He underthrew him, but if you look at Mac's feet, his his technique is completely awful. He's throwing off of his back foot, he's throwing off of his back foot, and he floated up an interception there that basically cost the Patriots a football game. I mean, the defense comes out and they have an excellent performance holding the Colts' offense, which is ranked top ten in the league, to only ten points. And you can't you can't score more than six. You can't get the ball in the end zone. Matt Jones had a couple of chances there, completely blew it in this football game. He's broken, run, and I don't blame Matt Jones for that completely. Obviously, he's the player; he has to be better. But I blame the Patriots for that. They broke Matt Jones. You know, the second season, that second season there with Matt Patricia and all that mess and, you know, Matt getting pulled back, getting put back in, you can tell it broke him psychologically and he hasn't recovered yet. And that's a dangerous thing for a player that was never that physically gifted to begin with. So now you have a broken player psychologically that doesn't have the physical gifts that you need to succeed at this level and he's just back there getting crushed. 
The Colts, man, they were breathing down this man's neck the, for the entire game. And I get it, man. You got these oversized behemoths. I mean, they're looking at Mac like he's a sack lunch, and that's exactly what he was in that football game, getting sacked five times. You know, Mac never had the best arm talent. So you take that away, and now mentally he's struggling. It's a mess right now, Ron, and I agree with you. It's time to move on. It's time to go in a different direction. I don't care if it's Bailey Zappi. I don't care if it's Will Greer. I'd like to see Malik Cunningham some. That's my hope, you know. But at this point, I get it. Mac might be the Patriots' best option, but after sitting him the way that they did against the Colts, it's time to move on. It's time to move in a different direction. I've been one of Mac's. I've been one. Of, I've been one of the guys pounding my chest saying Mac needs more around him. He needs help. But after that game on Sunday, I've seen enough to jump off the bandwagon. I don't think it's just for this season. I don't think Mac Jones is the guy for this football team, and I'm excited to see what the Patriots can do hopefully in the draft or through free agency, but the future in new England is not Mac Jones. I agree a hundred percent. And, and yeah, it's, it's easy to feel for him. He is psychologically broken. If he, if he wasn't psychologically broken, uh, he is, he's got to be now Jordy, right? Because I mean, okay. So it's, it's one thing. It's one thing for during the game after the interception, you know, that you're highlighting in the red zone there, the, the brutal interception with like what five minutes left in the game, the Patriots are going in for the go-ahead score. He throws what has to be the worst throw I've ever seen. It was just so bad. We all know it. Uh, it was it was terrible, and, and only only a broken quarterback would make that that kind of throw. It's like it's like he's second guessing it as it's coming out of his hands. He's like, oh, you know what I mean? It's just like there's no confidence there. Uh, but like if he wasn't psychologically broken, then he certainly was on the final drive of the game when Bill Belichick stone cold. Like it's. It's one thing for me to text you and be like, I'm done with Mac. I don't want to see him play again. Not another snap. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, Jordy. It's one thing for me to do that, and I did during the game. It's another for Belichick to do it. Like, to put <laughs> Zappy in there? Holy crap. Like, we know how big this game was to the Crafts. That's not a secret. Robert Kraft made sure he was on there with the broadcast team and had a little interview talking about how important this game was, talking about how he went and met with the team to talk about how big this game was. Like this one was a, an important one to the owner. We've heard Kraft endorse Mac Jones publicly plenty of times over the years, right, Jordy? For Bill to bench Jones for the final drive and put in Zappy, I mean that was for every for everything we've said about Bill Belichick over the years. I've never seen him concede a game. I've never seen him surrender. He knew Zappy would fail in that situation, right? He wasn't doing what he thought was best for the team to win. He was making some kind of statement. He was he was saying, "I'm I'm done, uh, Mac. I'm done. Uh, Zappy, you go play." But that was an impossible situation for Zappy. He wasn't going to go in there and succeed. Now the the moment that the the Dan Marino fake spike that Zappy, it's like, <laughs> holy crap! But Jordy, it's one thing for me to text you that and say Mac's got to go. It's another for Bill Belichick to do the same thing during the game and say, no, sit down for the final drive. Like the best thing for the team, the best thing for everyone was let Mac finish out the game. He had just led you, he led you to a game winning drive against Buffalo. He has that in him. You never know, right? Put Mac in there and then evaluate and make the change during the bye week, not during the last drive of the game. I still can't believe to this moment, Jordy, a week later, I still can't believe Bill did that. What a stone cold backhanded shot at Mac Jones and now it's like we're playing and we're in limbo oh is it going to be Mac is it going to be Zappy is it going to be Greer maybe like Malik Cunningham will he be active again like 
how can you go back to Mac after making that move, right? This is this is just as bad as last year. Like that is the optics of that is rough. How can you go back to Mac now? I don't think you can. You can't run. And it's kind of funny you said that. It's almost like Bill Belichick was texting some of some of his friends yeah. after yeah. watching how bad of a performance Mac was having in that moment. And obviously, look, man, Belichick gets up there and he sounds like a robot or whatever to the press conference, but he's a human being and he had to be seething underneath seeing some of those throws. I mean, that's how bad Mac Jones was in that game. That's one of the worst quarterbacking performances in the Bill Belichick era in New England. It was awful. I mean, some of those throws were just, I mean, you you just you're, you're looking at the television screen and you're shaking your head. What in the hell is Mac Jones doing out here? And it's just Bill Belichick, he just he he looked completely baffled and he was probably seething underneath and he's like, "You know what? I'd rather go with a cold Bailey Zappi coming off of the bench, a guy that I actually cut exactly. from making this football team and putting him in there for the final drive instead of Mac Jones. And do I think that was the right decision? I don't. I really don't. But I just think frustrations are sort of boiling over. I mean, you can look on the sidelines and see Billy O'Brien chewing Mac Jones out, giving him an earful mm-hmm. for, for how horrible he was playing in that football game. It was an absolute mess, Ron. The Patriots are coming undone at the seams. It's just it's weird to me to see the Patriots struggling this way. You know, this is stuff you would see from the New York Jets or the Buffalo Bills or some of these other teams during the great Tom Brady era for, for nearly 20 years. And now here we are. It's the New England Patriots. They drafted the guy in the first round that they're pulling before the final drive. And then Zappy's coming in with the fake the fake spike and throwing an interception right back to the Colts Dan Marino, to, baby. to put the Patriots away. I mean, it's, it's just desserts. The way that it ended, I mean, it's the way you expect it to end with a code Bailey Zappi coming into the game. Yep, 100%. And I just think with Mac, I, I liked what you said earlier, Jordy. He needs – he it's, it's beneficial for him to sit and figure out what made him successful in his rookie year. He needs to figure out his footwork, his mechanics. They're completely out of whack, right? Um, have been. I don't know what the Patriots have been doing to fix that. It, it It's not getting fixed. And he needs to figure out how to get calm and smooth in the pocket again because he's just he's just not confident. He's not smooth. He's His footwork is terrible um, in the pocket. He just needs to get back to playing quarterback like a confident guy who's confident in what they're calling and what he's doing out there. And he's just not playing that way. He's He's going too fast. He's too fidgety. His feet are all over the place. His, his footwork's off. He's sort off his back foot, like you said. It's just all out of whack. He needs to – he's a complete reset. So if, if can, he's – Can he fix that, though, Ron? Like, that's the biggest question. Yeah. Do you think he can fix that at this point? I mean, that's – you're the NFL level here. I mean, mm-hmm. can he fix it? it maybe, but it, it would probably have to be somewhere else. He'd have to go. I think he needs to change the scenery, new coaching, and he start at square one. He needs to be a backup for a while. And kind of like the Zach Wilson situation in the Jets, it's, it's kind of similar to that. I mean, they went through the same thing. They drafted Zach Wilson. He was their guy. He was It was horrible. It wasn't working. They went to Mike White, right? And they go get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like Zach Wilson was supposed to be buried, and now he's back playing. Uh, Mac's going to be in a similar situation. He needs that kind of reboot. He needs to just get back to square one, figure it out because he is completely broken psychologically. It is tough to watch, but I can't, I, I'm going to flip out Jordy. If he's the quarterback against the giants, he, he can't be, <laughs> they have to, they have to go another direction. I I've, I've seen enough. I'm done with the whole, the whole Mac experience. Um, okay. Moving on from that. That was fun. Uh, another big topic with the team 
is Jack Jones. Yeah, he was obviously waived by the Patriots, claimed by the Raiders. Good spot for Jack to go to the Raiders. That's just he'll he'll do fine out there. Um, super intriguing with his talent. I was intrigued by his talent, Jordy, ever since he called out Aaron Rodgers for the disrespect. Remember, he said it's disrespectful throwing an out route against me. Uh, so yeah. that was that was pretty good. I, I was intrigued by his talent. I was in I was in on Jack Jones last year. It unraveled quickly. Obviously, um, he's got some stuff to work out. I think he needs to learn what it's. He needs to learn how to be a pro on and off the field. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, some of the reports of, on how he was, you know, handling himself uh, with the team, even after they gave him uh, a lifeline this year, not releasing him in the offseason uh, is, is just kind of like it, it makes you just shake your head in disbelief. It's like, dude, how why are you just bat, like completely botching this opportunity that the Patriots are giving you? But uh, he clearly has some stuff to work out. Maybe he will be able to do that with the Raiders. Uh, Antonio Pierce, who's their interim coach, was actually his high school coach, which is kind of funny. So maybe he can Antonio Pierce could get him back on the program. We'll see. Uh, but what do you think about Jack? this whole Jack Jones situation, Jordy? I think it's another questionable decision by Belichick because I, I, I don't question the draft pick in the first place. I think drafting Jack Jones made sense. It's, it was a fourth-round pick. We all know what Bill likes to do. He loves to stockpile fourth-round picks and then take flyers, right? And Jack Jones was a fine flyer. He had serious talent. He flashed it as a rookie. Looked good. We were all kind of excited about the prospects of Jack Jones. It didn't work out. I don't begrudge Belichick for the pick, but I think you could look back and say, dude, you probably stuck with him a little bit too long this year with all the reports and the stuff at Logan Airport and all that, right? I mean, for him to just cut Jack Jones loose now and not then, and Jack Jones really didn't contribute to the team this year is another questionable decision. I think we can look back on and second guess by Belichick. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously disappointing. Like you brought up the the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I thought that was, I mean, that, that that's to the time where Jack Jones really burst onto the scene, right? He gets a pick six on Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he actually flexes in the end zone after he gets that pick six. And you're like the audacity of this rookie. <laughs> We're like, who is this guy? Um, playmaker. Yeah, yeah, who who is this guy? But I loved it, man. I thought it was great. And for a while there, Jack Jones looked like he was going to be one of the next great corners in New England. But, man, it's just too many incidents. And and obviously he came in and he had a lot of red flags coming in, coming in from college as well, which is why he dropped to, to the fourth round. You know, you, you look at Jack Jones's talent. Jack Jones, is, he, he has a higher talent ceiling than a fourth-round draft pick. But – a lot of teams looked at him out of college and they just weren't sure. And Bill Belichick took a shot on him there in the fourth round. And, and, you know, and I completely understand why he would have. And, and Jack Jones had that promise, but Ryan, it's just too many incidents. I mean, we're talking about three incidents in less than two seasons. And you already had those issues coming out of school, you know, back, back in January, there was the report of, of, of him talking back to Bill Belichick and him obviously getting suspended there. Then you, you fast forward to June and you got the whole, you got the whole gun incident at the airport. And then and then now, you know, him missing a team meeting or whatnot. And then, you know, getting benched. And and then there's the reports of him just behavioral issues and, you know, just just kind of not being around a team, kind of looking distant. You can kind of see him on the on the bench there against the Colts, sitting off to the side by himself a little bit. It's yep, just yep. it's just not good. And I said it last week. Remember, I, I was talking about how if I'm building a, if I'm rebuilding a football team, I want guys like Christian Gonzalez. I want guys like Jonathan Jones. I want guys like Marcus Jones in the defensive backfield. 
you know, or even a Sean Wade at this point who has shown improvements. And Sean Wade's a guy that could have been upset as well. You know, he's a guy that's been benched a lot, but, you know, he's kept his head down and he's worked hard and he worked himself into this opportunity. And he actually had a few nice plays there against the Indianapolis Colts. But Jack Jones, I agree with you. I think he'll I think he'll be better off with the with the Raiders there with Antonio Pierce, the guy that coached him in college. And he actually coached him a little bit in uh, sorry, he coached him in high school and college. Um, yep, in Arizona coach. State there. Yep, yep. And, you know, I'm just – I'm hoping Jack Jones can grow from this because, look, man, playing in the NFL is a privilege. You know, nothing's promised. This isn't a right to play in the NFL. And he's a guy that I'd like to see get off of social media a little bit. You know, he was tweeting last night about the reports or whatever about, you know, saying he wasn't late to a team hotel. But then there was another report – the initial report was that he was late to a team hotel. Then there was another report that he was late to a team meeting. So I'm not sure if he's disputing the fact that he was late completely or if he's just disputing the hotel or the team meeting. You know, this stuff doesn't matter at this point. Jack Jones, at the end of the day, you got waived from an opportunity after only a full year with the team. You know, it's time to get right, man. Because if you go to the Raiders and you fail at this opportunity, Jack Jones is a talented football player, Ryan, but he's not that talented. To, to be talking back to Bill Belichick if that's what happened. You know, this is a guy that has to get his head on straight and play better football. At the end of the day, I'm all for Bill Belichick's decision because not only was Jack Jones seemingly a distraction to the football team, Jack Jones wasn't that good this year. He struggled significantly, and he got straight up embarrassingly torched against the Miami Dolphins in that game. So, you know, it's just and, – and not just that game. There's been other issues. Jack Jones just has not looked great this year in the defensive backfield. So, it was good for the Patriots to move on. I think it was the right decision. And for Jack Jones, a young player, you're, you're hoping he can get his head on right. And someone like Antonio Pierce, that I think he'll actually listen to him. You know, it, it could be a good position for him to get back on track and to start making some plays again. But amicable, amicable split, you know, I think it was great for both of them. Going back to that that moment against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, where we're like, "Who is this guy, man? This this guy, he's a player, huh? Look at the, look at the confidence." And then what he was saying in the post game—that's disrespect. Yeah. The disrespect to throw an out route, and now it's just like with all the stuff this year, it's like, "Who's this guy? I think he is?" You know that it's funny how that changes in a year, but um, that's where we're at with Jack Jones. Uh, I think it's you know it, it was time to split. It probably should have happened earlier. Uh, you brought up Sean Wade interesting comparison because Sean Wade's a guy that the Patriots traded for. And then he was, you're totally right. Like he's, he basically was like the Foxborough flu. Like he was on the periphery, you know, he was on the, you know, he was on the IR with probably a stub toe they were stashing him and he's finally getting an opportunity, but he hasn't, he hasn't acted out. Uh, JC Jackson though. Uh, that one I, I wonder about. Like, does J, does JC Jackson want to be here? We know he got benched as well uh, a couple games ago, right? Jordy, do you think he wants to be here? We know he left in free agency, went to the Chargers. The Patriots traded for him. I don't know if Belichick like calls JC Jackson and says, Hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade for you. You wanna come back here? You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that or if Belichick just says, We'll take him back. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if he wants to be here, if he's happy here, if he's happy that he's with a two and eight football team right now. Like I I wonder if JC Jackson, if something'll flare up with him next. You know, what do you think? I, I wonder about where he's at mentally with the team. I don't give a damn what J.C. Jackson wants at this point. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan. I mean, he had his chance. He got yeah. a, he got that big contract with the Chargers, and 
he was an absolute embarrassment over there. It, it didn't work out at all. I mean, for the GM to actually come out and apologize to the freaking football team for, for, for signing you, I mean, dude, yeah, that's, that's as low as it gets. That's as low as it gets right there. So, J.C. Jackson, he's on thin ice right now. And he's a guy that I would think, you know, would want to kind of get his act together and come back to New England and show that he can play football. Look, the Patriots are terrible right now, but it's been shown in history that J.C., his best performances has been under Bill Belichick. It's been in his defense. He fits well here. And up until up until they, up until they the Dolphins game, he was actually playing pretty well. It looked like – I mean, he fit like a glove. It was like he was back to old, old times again. So – I, I don't know, man. It's just it's disappointing to to see these guys, you know, take advantage of these opportunities, like not take advantage of these opportunities here. You know, playing in the NFL, like I said it before, this is a privilege, guys. I mean, so many other players would love to be in your position here. I would hate to see J.C. Jackson or Jack Jones find them what find themselves on the outs and be looking back one day you know, wishing they would have taken advantage of these opportunities here. J.C. Jackson is a very good football player, and I think he fits the Patriots very well when his head's on straight. You know, same thing I was saying about Jack Jones, but hopefully J.C. Jackson can get it together and he can get back out here and he can and he can play for the Patriots down this final stretch. The fact that the Patriots haven't moved him yet, that gives me some hope at least, you know, that, they, that he'll be able to come back and get it together, but – I was thinking of J.C. Jackson and, and Christian Gonzalez and, and Jonathan Jones next year. I mean, how fun would that be? So I'm hoping it works out, man. We'll see. It's just – it's been another weird year. Another weird year, and guys just – they tend to want to act out when you're a losing football team. Yep, that's it. Two and eight. Two and eight through ten games. Season's basically over. We're not, we're not talking about – uh, having a season here, Jordy. We're talking about what comes next, what comes in 2024 and beyond. That's been, it's kind of been the topics for the last couple of weeks, a few weeks at least. Um, and uh, that continues to be the topic. We have more on where the Patriots are heading coming up next. First, let's get some fantasy advice for week 11 from thehuddle.com. Corey Bonini with thehuddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number 11. Quarterback Jordan Love, Green Bay Packers versus Los Angeles Chargers. Not only has Los Angeles given up the most passing yards per game to the position at just under 316, quarterbacks have scored a rushing touchdown on four occasions this year, and no team has allowed more, which is a nice little bonus to consider. This is the best fantasy matchup of the week, and Love faces a defense that has granted six 23-plus point performances in nine games, and they haven't picked off a pass in three of the last five outings. This matchup is 22.7% better than average in the last five games. Running back Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys at Carolina Panthers. Three straight games have passed since Pollard made it into double-digit PPR land, and he has posted only one stat line worth more than 10.5 PPR points since week three. The Panthers have allowed running backs 1.33 rushing scores per game on the year, and the 15 total touchdowns in nine contests gives hope for a strong showing. This is the second weakest unit at slowing the position. In the last five weeks, Carolina has given up the fourth most rushing yards and the tenth most total yards per game to running backs. Only eight defenses have permitted scores at a higher rate. Stick with your stud running back in this one. Speaking of struggling studs, Calvin Ridley, Jacksonville Jaguars versus Tennessee Titans. The former Atlanta receiver has been all over the map in 2023, and the last four games have seen him post three lines with fewer than seven PPR points apiece, and a six-catch 83-yard game to headline that stretch. 
He hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. There's a quality opportunity to get on track this week versus a Tennessee unit that has permitted wide receivers to average the 13th most catches and the 12th most yards per game since week five ended. And a dozen squads have seeded touchdowns at a higher clip. On the year, eight receivers have gone for at least 16 PPR points against the Titans, and Ridley should make it nine. Tight end Trey McBride, Arizona Cardinals at Houston Texans. McBride was a fantasy monster in Kyler Murray's first game back from injury, and he's a de facto number two receiver in this offense. Houston has given up the second most catches per game to tight end since week six began, and this is the third weakest unit at limiting PPR points on average in that time frame. Nine teams have been bigger pushovers when it comes to limiting scores. Expect another strong day from the young tight end. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back to Patriots. Uh, Jordy, they haven't had the number one overall pick since they drafted Drew Bledsoe in 1993. I was eight years old when that happened. Uh, And now more than halfway through the 2023 season, right now they're picking third, right, in the take-a-thon rankings. And they are only... They're only a half game behind the Panthers for number one. So they are not they are not out of this. Uh, I told you last week, I got something right for a change, Jordy. I told you last week that if they lose this one to the Colts and look bad doing it, that they've got a real shot at finishing the season at 3-14. and 14. I, I think the only win I see on their schedule is probably the Giants are going to be coming out of a bye week and they just got embarrassed. And if this Tommy DeVito kid is still the starter in, in New York, I just, I, I give the Giants... He gives the Giants no chance. So I, I would say the Patriots are probably, they would probably moonwalk their way to a win there. Uh, just the Giants are completely overmatched when Tommy DeVito is in there. Love him, but the kid is, he should not be on a football field right now. He's he's actually, he's living with his parents. You you Google Tommy DeVito to see if he's starting right now. Jordy, is it going to be him or Matt Barkley or is Tyrod Taylor coming back soon or what? You know, you try to get some info on the Giants. All the articles are about uh, Tommy DeVito still living with his parents because it they <laughs> it's good he can come home get some chicken cutlets get his laundry done and he's twelve minutes from the stadium so that is uh, that's what the Giants are dealing with so I think the Patriots will win that game but we'll have more on that matchup here next week uh, but in terms of the rest of the way like Chargers Steelers Chiefs Broncos Bills Jets like after the Giants of Week Twelve. You're facing teams with a combined 30 and 25 record, five games over 500. Uh, I think that none of those, I could see all of them being losses. I could see the Patriots finishing the year at three and 14 and three and 14 keeps you in the hunt for at least the top three pick. And I think that's what we're talking about now, right? I'm not a big tank and root against your team guy, Jordy, but you can't help it. If it's happening, we're going to talk about it. And right now, do you see this ending anytime? Do you see this ending any other way but a three or four win season for the Patriots? The Giants would the Giants wouldn't be any better with Danny DeVito back there. I mean, <laughs> they just, might be. <laughs> I mean that, that team that team is an absolute mess right now, and it's going to be. I guess I guess it'd be fun. It'd be the tank the tankathon. What what right next week? Is that is that what we're calling it? The tank bowl. Be painful, man. It's gonna be a painful game. <laughs> It's going to be terrible, man. And you know what, Ron? I got to give you credit. You were right. I mean, you were right. I, I hung in there with the Patriots against the Commanders. I hung in there with them against the Colts. I thought that they would pull off some some stupid wins, I called them. But obviously, this team is so broken, they can't even win stupid games. So, congratulations. Take a bow. You earned it. I, I don't I don't want to take a bow, Jordy. It's just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, um, I, I just I, – I, 
I don't think you know. I, I've been spoiled. We've all been spoiled as Patriots fans. Uh, I can't remember the last time the Patriots were cooked before Thanksgiving. You know, but it's just the harsh reality that we're in. <laughs> so we're we're kind of we're kind of left trying to find something to look forward to. So just give me give me one thing you're most intrigued about. Right, we have seven games left on the season. Uh, we have a bye week this week, so we can kind of take a, a breather, a Patriots breather, which I think we could all use, especially Mac Jones. We could all use a breather from football here for a week and then they'll come back they got seven games left like what intrigues you what are you watching jordy do you just want them to, be, to get the number one pick like are, are you rooting for the tank like what intrigues you most about the we got to keep watching we're going to keep doing the show you're going to keep writing for patriots why right so what what's intriguing you most about the last seven games i'd like to see more malik i like to see malik cunningham out there i mean it it, it makes me wonder will he finally get an opportunity i don't expect him to get an opportunity against the giants but i do expect I think Mac Jones is going to be the third the third string quarterback going in against the Giants. And then we'll see if it's Bailey Zappi or if it's Will Greer that's starting. But I expect Bailey Zappi to go out there and uh, and and, uh, and to throw up all over himself and and to make, make the same mistakes we saw at the end of that Colts game. And I don't expect Will Greer to be any better. I mean, come on, man. He's he's a journeyman guy. He's coming in late. He's coming in late. It's not like he's been with the team throughout training camp and the whole way. So I mean, can he pick this thing up quick enough? We'll see. I don't think so. Team's just not good around him. It's not great at all. Mac Jones can't do it. Neither one of these guys can as well. So my hope is that at some point, Bill Belichick is just like, you know what, guys, to hell with it. Let's put Malik Cunningham in here, and let's see what he can do. And that's fun, man. I'm not expecting Malik Cunningham to come out here with a freaking S on his chest and a red cape and save the Patriots. We're not calling for Superman Malik. I just want some excitement, Ryan. I just want I just want a little a little a little excitement on my television screen here. And Malik Cunningham is a guy that can make plays with his legs. You know, he can scramble around and there, there's hope back there. I don't have to watch a statue get folded over and over and over and over and over again on every single play because the offensive line stinks right now and because receivers can't get open right now. So that's what I'm looking forward to. We know the defense is going to continue to play well. They're going to continue to ball out. Matthew Judon still has a chance to come back. Patriots' best defensive player. I don't know why the hell he would come back at this point with the team sitting at 2-8. and eight. I would tell him to rest that thing and then come back next year. But we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, man, I'm excited to see more Malik Cunningham. I want to see the Patriots run the ball more. What was going on last week against the Colts? The running game was working for you. And Billy O'Brien just – he he just he he thinks Mac's that guy, and he wants Mac to to drop back and make passes where where there's no pass protection, and Mac's throwing the ball to the freaking football to the other freaking football team. So I want to see a more run focused attack. You got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Ramondre Stevenson. Those guys were running angry last week. More of that, please. And then you get Malik Cunningham back there. It it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. I just find it sad that. I'm looking more towards the freaking running game at this point, but that's where we're at in, in New England. And, you know, I think that will give them the their better chance, the better chance of competing. I can see them be, beating the Giants. That's a winnable game. But the rest of this slate, man, is probably a wash for this Patriots team. I'm with you, Ryan. I don't like celebrate. I don't like to celebrate seeing them lose football games. Like if they were to win off of if they were to win some games, I'd be incredibly excited. I I can't lie. But if they were to lose games, I'd be excited as well. I want to see these guys get a top pick, and I want to see Drake May or Caleb Williams come in here, and let's rebuild 
from scratch. Please. <laughs> I, I like that. Jordy, what are you looking for? I, I want us to just stop passing. I want us to run, get Malik Cunningham in there, <laughs> get Zeke and Ramondre. We'll go single wing. We'll just run the ball. That's what they, if they would have done that against the Colts, they, they might have won if they just wouldn't have passed. They would have won. They I think won. they would have won. They would have won. Um, so, yeah, that that's good. I I like that. I like the Malik Cunningham take. I think uh, it's a little it's a little disappointing that we haven't seen him yet. It would be worth tuning in to a Patriots game if Malik Cunningham was announced as the starter. It would just be intriguing. Um, and I don't know what's intriguing about Patriots Giants. You know, even if Zappy's announced the starter, like yay. You know, like I don't know. So yeah, I went kind of a uh, in a similar direction with this question uh like i said i'm not somebody who wants the the team to tank uh if if it happens fine uh we'll we'll talk about that in the off season but i'm also like looking ahead as like a fan i'm hoping they can actually show enough here in the in the second half of the, the final seven games and we know the season's lost at all but like I want the Patriots to feel like a place outside players and coaches will actually want to come to. You know what I mean? Like I want them to see the organization and the team as something that's, oh yeah, we could do something here. This isn't a freaking five-year project. You know, like that's kind of where I'm at. Right now, I think it's kind of teetering towards a like a napalm situation. You know what I mean? So they have the most projected cap space of 2024. That doesn't mean a whole lot if, if people don't want to come here. Um, if if you got the top free agents are looking at a complete rebuild, but they can go somewhere else where they have a better shot of winning, you know, sooner rather than later, they're probably more likely to sign a multi-year contract elsewhere. So do the Patriots have enough to keep this thing like respectable and show that there really is some talent on the team, on the coaching staff, on the field, all that, like, or does it bottom out? Right. That's actually an excellent point because I mean, you, you think back to, to, to the earlier days when, where obviously when Tom Brady was around, Team players were were jumping to come to New England. They were taking pay cuts to come to New England, and that's it. That's important, you know. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs—they're getting to see that right now. Everybody wants to go to Kansas City because they're winning football games, and that's obviously not the Patriots right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it, it could just bottom out, and uh, no one will want to come here. And I think we're all seeing it coming. The Patriots and Belichick are going to part ways this off season. I really don't see any way that that changes this game in Germany might have been the icing on the cake you know we neither of us expected him to get fired this week Jordy and it doesn't seem like that's happening and I don't think it's going to happen during the season but the parting of ways is coming uh and you're likely starting at square one the last time the Patriots were literally starting at square one picking at the top of the draft was 1992 they won two games that year they drafted Drew Bledsoe number one overall then they missed the playoffs in 93 after drafting Bledsoe. But they won a couple games. They, they won four games at the end of 93. Jordy gave you some hope. You had Bill Parcells as your coach. And then in 94, they win 10 games, make the playoffs. Do you remember who the Pats played in the 1994 wildcard round by any chance, Jordy? No, Ryan. Who, who was it? Bill Belichick. They played Bill Belichick and the Cleveland Browns. Of course, of course. Bill Belichick and the Cleveland. <laughs> so like, this feels like a full circle moment to me. The Patriots are back where they were when I was seven years old, back where they were in 1992, like bottoming <laughs> out, picking at the top of the draft. And I want it to look more like more like that, where maybe you draft the next quarterback, you get some pieces around him, and then you're back there a couple of years later, and here we go. I want it to be that, and I don't want it to be a five to ten year thing like we see the Bears and the Giants and all these other teams do it. You know what I mean? Like uh, That's kind of what I'm hopeful for for the next seven weeks. Can can we, or eight weeks, can we show that there's enough here to make this a quick 
transition, couple years where we're getting back in the in the thick of things and, and people want to be here. Coaches want to be here and it's a thing like, so I don't know if that makes sense. That's kind of a rambling rant, but that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for for the last seven games. No, that makes total sense. And you know, it's just, it kind of, kind of gets back to my point that I, that I've mentioned a week ago, you know, it's this season is a wash, man. Patriots fans are obviously upset. This is just, it's not a good state for the team, but yep. I feel like there's a lot of excitement heading, heading into this all season. I'm I, as a fan, Dude, I'm super excited about the offseason and seeing what the team, seeing what the team does, you know, in free agency in this draft thing. There's so many directions the Patriots could go. Do you draft a quarterback? Right? Do you do you you, re, you rebuild there? But then you got to think, is your offensive line good enough? Are you gonna break this guy when he comes in? You know, do you got enough weapons for him? Do you do you sign a quarterback or do you trade for a quarterback in free agency? Uh Jeff Howell had mentioned Kyler Murray out there. As, as a potential option. That that was very interesting to me. Um, would you make a move like that if, if that were on the table? You know, and then you can maybe build around him through the draft. I mean, there's just there's so many directions this team could take and go in. It's just it's going to be a lot of fun looking here in the offseason and and we'll see if they continue to win it to lose enough football games to be able to do what they want to do here in the 2024 NFL draft. I think there's a good chance of that. <laughs> there's a good chance that they're going to lose enough games. Yeah. Uh, Danny but, DeVito uh, this week. Danny DeVito. Uh, yeah, the Pats are playing Danny DeVito and the Giants. Danny DeVito living with his parents. That, that could that could be a skit. That could be a skit <laughs> somewhere for Danny. Uh, free free. Uh, that's a free uh, idea for you, Danny DeVito, for your agent. But uh, what do you think, Jordy? Uh, we're heading into the bye week. What are you guys working on? What's going on in Patriots Wire? What do you what, you got? Any stories people should be looking out for this week? Yeah, man. Um, so this week we're gonna we're going to be just kind of looking back on the first half of the season. So we got some regular season awards to to hand out. Superlatives. And then there can't there can't be many superlatives for the Pats. All right, man. We're gonna have to work overtime to to, to figure this <laughs> stuff out. And obviously, it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball, most of them. So you know, we got we got some mid season awards coming out. We're we're just kind of we'll kind of look look back over the midseason and just kind of see how the Patriots got to where they're at right now, which isn't a good place. But we'll be having the content cranking, even though it's a bye week. We never sleep over here. We keep grinding, and hopefully you guys keep reading. 100%. That's Jordy McElroy. Uh, check him out on Patriots Wire, he and the crew. Uh, they'll have you covered this bye week and going forward as we try to figure out what is going on with the Patriots and their quarterbacks and Bill Belichick, and the crafts, and all of that. It is it is fascinating. The content is there. Uh, just the wins are not. But uh, we'll keep showing up every week to talk about it. We hope you join us. Uh, for Jordy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll catch you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.